1: classic face rip podcast i am one of your hosts vince sitting alongside keith keith how are you doing this week
0: i am doing well vincent thank you for asking
1: awesome we're back this is episode number 18 i believe 18 yes 18 After, eighteen, yes we're actually on a regular schedule now so people can actually look forward to our podcast on a bi-weekly basis yet again and we'll, we, continue to, yeah, we will continue to do this going forward, coming here from YouTube, uh, the Evil DM just search for me. And you can watch all the live shows starting with episode 6. No, actually, it's episode 4, 3, yeah, 3. Because 1 and 2 got nailed for copyright because of the music we used, and I've been having a problem getting it up. So, on the YouTube, uh, every time I try to put it up, they're like, nope, copyright, and they pull it down. So, <laughs> I'm like, oh. So I got to try to find the original uh, files and get those back up because a lot of people were asking what happened in episodes 1 and 2. Well, that's the reason 1 and 2 are not up. But the rest of them are there including the ones we started live streaming which was episode 6 and then Keith came along I think right after that, I believe, or maybe later on. I know you're season 2 or volume 2 I should say because we're in volume 2 right now. I that's never it. knew how do the volumes work in comics? Do you know how those work, or they just kind of randomly change them whenever they want—new writer, well, new volume. You
0: know, originally, I think they changed them over time. Nowadays, I think they wait until they cancel an issue and then bring up another one.
1: Yeah,
0: you know, uh, you would have so many—you know—after so many restarts of various comics throughout the last twenty years, it's a wonder they're on—they're not on like you know, volume nineteen or volume twenty.
1: You would think they would be at this point.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of that stuff is just, some of it gets really out of hand.
1: Well, yeah, especially with a lot of those uh, Superman and probably, Superman would probably be up to volume, what, 2000 at this point. But anyway, (laughs) Action Comics, because he was originally there. So I guess it doesn't really count. Anyway, so uh, let's do things first, news and stuff like that. We don't have any email, but if you want to ask us a question, go ahead and email ask the DM at TheEvilDM.com. That'll come directly to me, and I can save it for the podcast if you have a question. Uh, we do not have any comments. If you have iTunes, please head over to iTunes to give us a rating. I checked. We did not have anything new. So, unfortunately, uh, well, no, actually, I should say, fortunately, Apple is getting rid of iTunes, which means they're just going straight to an app that people can have on their phone now to download the podcast, which will make it a lot easier for those out there that can't stand iTunes, which is like 90% of the world at this point, I think. Because it's so clunky and takes up so much uh, resources on your, uh, your phone and or laptop at this point. So yeah. Uh, community news. You had some projects you want to uh, shout out about?
0: Oh yeah. Um, well, the creative, uh, unofficial Creative Canon Group has got a couple things in the works, one of which is going to be out in the next, I think, week or two. Oh, yeah? Uh, they're slapping a uh, number designation on it. And I think it will be out, if not next weekend, um, probably the following. Um, and that's the One Shot Adventure Series. And it's actually a series of one-shot adventures over different time periods by Chris Tyner. And it is pretty spectacular. You have a 1970s retro, uh, Larry, uh, Larry, Mary, dirty Harry sort of adventure with a bunch of the seventies adventure characters. Uh, whether it be Luke Cage and daredevil and that bunch or the 1940s characters, uh, versus, uh, well I, I don't want to ruin the surprise but there's some there's some let's just call it surprise cameos in the various adventures that uh, people who were from series that were done at Marvel but not necessarily Marvel canon so uh, Chris took a couple liberties with that sort of stuff and probably got that lesson from me if he got it from anybody else because I uh, did that sort of thing with the golden age source book and
1: revealing secrets.
0: Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's, it's nice. Uh, Andrew Goldstein is w- hard at work at the marvelous Marvel. Uh, can't remember what the last part is. Uh, well, in this case, it's the, the deities of the Marvel universe. And this one deals with, amongst others, the, uh, the Egyptian gods. I think it's Africa is this one, if memory serves. Uh, I helped write the Egyptian gods, oh, well, back when I was doing uh, Hercules and the, Olympi- uh, the Olympian gods and Thor and goddess of Asgard. And the intention was, because Marvel had only really ever focused on those three pantheons, I was going to stick them all in the same book. And then somebody said, well, hey, you know, you should really separate Asgard and the Olympians. And then we just took the Egyptians out of there because Andrew wanted to do a whole series to books about the different pantheons. So he did book three and book four is quickly coming to a close. I think, and that'll be out within probably the next month, month and a half, probably if not sooner. Okay.
1: I did see in the creative team when I was looking, perusing through um, the creative project team when I was perusing through there, which by the way, whoever changed the graphic on that group, thank you very much because now it's easy to determine the two of them apart because Facebook always cuts the names off when you're looking for them. And I'm always like, which one is which? (laughs) Because they have the same logo and thank you for changing that logo. Now I can actually look at them and go, aha. But yeah, in that group, I saw that, was it Steve Jolly, our guest the last time was working on the supernatural book, I believe.
0: There is, that has been in the works for a while. Um, I think a couple different people have worked on it. It started off as something else. And I think there was a second book or a second series that was going to be very similar. And they ended up merging the two and, I'm not sure exactly where it is now. That's outside of my wheelhouse. I was, I liked Doctor Strange from a distance, so that was about it. between that and uh, Werewolf by Night. You know, that's about it. The extent of my Marvel occult characters. Yeah, so I, that was.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. I, I probably, as far as like you said, you know, Doctor Strange did. Ghost Rider, maybe? It'd be, yeah. Ghost Rider would yeah. be the furthest thing. I've got the supernatural for Marvel.
0: Oh, yeah. And, I mean, Ghost Rider for me, the 90s version, Dan Ketch. Uh, I liked that. Only because I was a little too young to be reading um, the Johnny Blaze stuff as a kid. Uh, I read more Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, Avengers, that sort of more mainstream stuff. Uh, I was never a big horror comic guy. And there are some people who eat that stuff up like it's a breakfast cereal. And that's just not my thing. Um, Johnny Blaze was the first. I don't have a problem with it, per se. It's
1: just not your cup of tea, that's all. It's just not my cup of tea. Uh, Johnny Blaze was the Ghost Rider that I actually grew up reading when I read Ghost Rider on and off. I don't know how or why. I remember just reading Johnny Blaze, so.
0: Mm -hmm. I guess hand-me-down comics. I, I knew who the character was. And I can remember, I obviously had read some because by the time the Dan Ketch version came around in, like, I think, 90, 89, 90, I, not only did I know who he was, but I was familiar enough with the backstory that I knew that it, it had to be a new Ghost Rider. So.
1: I'm trying to think. It was probably because I was playing this game, and I remember at the time we were all into drawing our characters out because what every kid does that. They all want to draw their characters some point in some game. And I oh, remember yeah. I was... Did they had? Did Ghost Rider have his own? I don't have the original cards. Did the Ghost Rider have his card, or there was a bunch of cards, like trading cards, in the maybe early '90s that had the power levels on the back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I remember mm-hmm. the Ghost Rider one was there was a Johnny Blaze one. And I remember I kept, for some reason, I just kept trying to draw that and trying to draw that. And I remember sitting in my my den in my parents' house when I was a kid. I was probably at that point was early teens maybe a little before that maybe a little i don't remember exactly but i was sitting there trying to draw it and trying to draw it and finally i did it and i remember sitting there and my stepfather comes in and i'm like look i did it and he goes yeah so and he just kept walking i'm like all right you don't like comics screw you dude <laughs> but yeah that kind of frustrated me and i stopped drawing at that point <laughs> i probably could have continued yeah, drawing if i didn't I could,
0: I could well imagine that uh yeah my my i had similar reactions from my stepfather about stuff talked to him about you know, Nightcrawler being my favorite X-Man and he's like, why does he look like a demon? Well, that's just how they drew him. He looks like a demon. I don't like that. Okay.
1: Uh, Yeah. I think that was what he didn't like about it. Cause he was uh, heavily uh, a Christian person. So maybe he didn't like Ghost Rider cause of that reason. Who knows?
0: That could be it.
1: Cause don't forget during that time frame, late eighties and the nineties, that soul satanic panic thing was still hanging around from D and D, even though it was early eighties that happened. But, I still remember getting that talk when I was in around high school. My mother saying, you play Dungeons and Dragons every time, don't you? And that other Marvel game and that DC game. I go, yeah, they're role playing games. She's like, you know, I just had a talk with the priest in our family. And he said that that's very bad. And I wanted to ask you a couple questions. I'm like, all right. And she says, now, when your character dies, do you get upset and start to cry and get upset? I'm like, first of all. <laughs> And this is 80s now, so people don't get offended. I said, "I'm a boy. Boys don't cry, or I'm a man. We don't cry. I'm not a yeah. pu. You know, fill the rest in yourself." Yeah. And my mom looked at me. Okay, I was like, "When my character dies, I don't care. I make up another character. They're just, they're just pieces of paper.
0: It's words. Yeah, it's words on a piece of paper."
1: I said, "I make up so many characters. We play so many different games. I showed her every one of the games we played, and I had a folder of all characters. And she looked at them with, you know." Her nose up like that, you know that that whole thing like that, and she said, "Okay." And that was the last I ever heard of it. Well, except one other time when I got in trouble because I didn't take the dog for a walk and I was reading the Unearthed Arcana book from first edition of D and D. Uh-huh. And she's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Oh, I was I'm reading a book for my game tomorrow." She's like, "You're reading that devil book? Get the dog out!" I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> that was the only time I heard anything like that. But yeah.
0: Probably you know, like and my stepdad was the same way my stepdad got, oh, we got into it one time, and he said something, He's was like, well, that's satanic bullshit, and I'm like, pardon my French, and I said, uh, what are you talking about, you know? Well, you know, you're more interested in all that gaming stuff, and it's like, my mom was like, you know, he's here at the house on Friday night, we know where he is, he's not out running the streets, he's not doing drugs, Yeah. he's not smoking. You know, he's a good kid; who doesn't get into trouble. If he wants to read comic books and play role-playing games in the attic, that's his business, and it's okay. And you know, it. My God bless my mom, because my mom was just like, she she listened to it for about two minutes one time, and was like, okay, this is obviously not my cup of tea, but you're not out running the streets setting things on fire, so this is good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I would every day after school we played games. We went right to my friend's house. We went into his basement, and when, every day we just played whatever we went between Marvel, DC, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Robotech, D and D, Palladium so, Fantasy, <laughs> everywhere. It was
0: you and Lucas and a couple of the other kids. No, but hey, let me tell you, you know, and I get the biggest kick out of Stranger Things. Because of all that, but, mm. and I'm sitting here going, you know, and I've always said, a little bit off topic here, but uh-huh. I've always said that if they were ever going to do a Dungeons and Dragons movie, that's the way to do it. Start it off with a bunch of kids playing Dungeons and Dragons and have the main stars of the movie be the, you know, the, the Arnold Schwarzenegger, Vin Diesel, whoever characters, actors playing the characters in the game. So that when the little fat kid who's playing the barbarian screams, yeah, you have Vin Diesel going, yeah, you know. But I what, said that would be the greatest way to do it because you would actually interest people in, they you know, you would go see a movie, if he was still alive, that had Robin Williams as a wizard, because Robin Williams played Dungeons and & Dragons.
1: And he played World of Warcraft, too, which is pretty cool. Yeah,
0: you know. Uh, Will Wheaton plays Dungeons & Dragons. You know, so it, all these guys who played the different games You know, if you could actually get a group of them to actually play that in a movie, I think that's how you're best bet at doing a Dungeons and Dragons type movie.
1: I wish, I wish, speaking of that, I wish that they took the movie Gamers of Darkness Rising and put that in the movie theater. Cause I think that's probably the best example you can get of a group sitting around playing D and D and it describes exactly what you said, people sitting at the table and then they flash over to the game and then they have a different set of people. Some of them play themselves in there, but others play others and they mm-hmm. act out like when the guy goes, yeah, you could see the character doing it just like that. So we you do. Have see, a- I've,
0: I've, I've never seen that, but I mean, oh. that would, it always seemed to me like it would be the best way to do it because you would actually have a reason for people to be interested in what was going on. You could actually explain certain aspects of the game mechanics without going in depth to it. You know, like saving throws. Oh, we got to make a saving throw. What's a saving throw? And then, you know,
1: okay. So go ahead and go to YouTube later on, or whenever you a free moment, well, free two hours and Google gamers, the darkness rising, and you will see everything you've ever wished for that you're describing right there in a D and D type movie
0: gotcha gotcha okay I well, want we'll check it
1: out be prepared to laugh your butt off because it's very funny <laughs> anyway we do have a question to get us back on track here a bit uh, we have a question from Big G he wants to know have any of you read the series from Marvel when they made the son of Ares I have not
0: um he's talking about Phobos 2. Uh, they had done previ- they had previously done a son for Ares and then killed that character off and then they he was basically a little kid who um, I've read it and I can't remember who the villain was that basically turns him on Ares and it was a heck of a series because it sort of redeems Zeus and it redeems Ares and it, uh, that character and uh, it was one of the Japanese gods was the bad guy because right. Phobos ends up using, um, grass cutter, the, the katana that like, you know, the, the sunny Chiba sword, you know, if you, if you should meet God on your way and were to attack him, that sword. And, uh, it is absolutely, it's a great series. It's a great series. As a matter of fact, I adapted that character when I did, um, the Olympian gods in the Hercules and Olympian source book. Right. So that was one of those where I'm familiar with the story he's he's talking about. It's very well written. Um, And I was not a huge fan of Ares uh, when Marvel brought him in as a character. But that particular series I enjoyed. So yeah, I've read it and I know what he's talking about
1: never have read it but there's a couple things they have not read but you will be happy to know that i did get my my grubby little pause on uh secret wars and secret wars 2 to to peruse through so i can be more prepared the next time when we go over secret wars 2
0: you mean rather than just talking about the fact that the only thing that good that came out of secret wars was spider-man changing his costume and uh then breaking up colossus and kitty Pryde?
1: there's probably more yeah, probably more to it that I didn't know about but and I, apparently I dis- really strongly disappointed one of our fans named Shag Matthews who is very highly on the DC side but does like the Marvel side too and went I need to run my butt out there and go get those comics <laughs> and get caught up so Shag yes I did thank you uh, Shag's a good go. guy runs some good DC podcasts you should uh, check him out sometime I'll share you some of his links uh, for the Who's Who podcast he does and the Justice League International what is it Wahaha podcast. Really funny. He goes over those comics. Good job. On those. Uh,
0: uh, that was my Justice League in the 80s. Yeah, uh, it was I mean, all of us. Me and a buddy wanted to do the Justice League Australia. And our idea was uh, we were going to put Amazing Man in it. Oh, my God. From the, from the Amazing Man comics. And it, it was we had a great idea, but it, it just didn't pan out. So Aww.
1: Anyway, let's get on to the meat of the show here. So, as some people pointed out, the graphic uh, when I made it up sent out. We're gonna sent out. We're gonna be producing an episode called "Running Norman Humans" because I was doing it really quickly and didn't spell check like an idiot. But I changed it back to normal humans. So, and I think it was who did I say that pointed it out? Oh, I forgot his name. I apologize. Killian Gray. Killian Gray, who said it was Tidial Norman. Yeah. Humans. So. <laughs> But anyway, we joke. Anyway, we're going uh, to we're going to flip over. to... let me change the scene here for those folks looking at home. Uh, there we go. And those who are listening can go over and download free online Dragon Magazine 197 as I have that up on the screen for those viewing on the YouTube, the YouTube. <clears throat> so you can pick your nose all you want, Keith, nobody can see you.
0: Cool uh, deal.
1: I have the Marvel file by uh, Steven is it, I think it's pronounced Shen. I've always pronounced it that way
0: or Steven. could be
1: yeah probably I don't know some of these names apologize Stephen and maybe you'll write in and yell at me. I don't know.
0: You know he is part of the uh, creative group. Oh great and, uh, yeah, from <laughs> now the beneficial
1: yell at me Hi. Stephen.
0: <laughs> I don't think he'll yell at you. he's not, he seems like a really nice guy
1: he wrote this article it's entitled heroes of the streets Arrives. i guess this is during the time frame when marvel was saw an uptick of average vigilante justice in the streets of marvel we had the punisher in full swing of just out like the most the best i could describe the punisher was uh outrageous crazy i'm going to just Street Justice, the crap out of everything, but still keep it within the comics code, of course, until they went to Max, and then... Apparently Max did not have to follow the comics code, but whatever. No,
0: no. They I didn't were, know they could you know, do that. You know, and I, uh, here's a quick, quick analysis of any Punisher comic book from the nine, eight, late 80s, early 90s. Punisher sees bad guy. Punisher shoots bad guy. Punisher goes on to next bad guy ad nauseum insert random cameo fade to black closing credits (laughs) there you go uh
1: speaking about punisher of the uh, early well late 80s early 90s i did go uh, like i said to you i went to uh, i was going to go to north texas comic-con after work to go check that out i did get managed to get there before it got too busy picked up a lot of good stuff uh one thing I got to pick up that I had when I was a kid that hung on my wall for so many years was the Punisher issue wanted that, that Brown cover of his face. And it had like his profile wanted by the police. I don't know if you remember that war journal cover.
0: Um, you know, I was never a huge Punisher fan. I, I liked Wolverine. Um, it was plastered I over a lot of
1: comics. That's why I, a lot of people remember that cover.
0: I mean, I, I think I remember the one you're talking about, but it was just never, like I said, I was never a huge Punisher fan.
1: Oh, yeah, I was. <laughs> um,
0: oh, no, no, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, you know, I, I have friends who to this day are still a huge Punisher. Fan, and, mm-hmm. you know, it was just one of those things where it just wasn't, just wasn't my cup of tea. Now, Daredevil, I, I liked Daredevil, but I just didn't like, you know, and the, I don't know why I didn't like the Punisher. I think probably because in my mind, he was a Mac Bolan ripoff. He had the Mac Boland, you know, Mac Boland had the special van, Punisher got a special van, you know. Uh, it just seemed like they were...
1: But he had a microchip. <laughs> <laughs>
0: played by Played by Wayne Knight in the movie, so, you know.
1: Hey, he was a good pick. He actually I, fit that role.
0: Yes, he did.
1: But, yeah, I was a huge Punisher fan. I cannot read Punisher now. The guy writing it, Rosenberg, I believe his name is. I may be getting that wrong, but I think he was the one recently writing the arc for Punisher that just came back after the whole Punisher was working for Hydro with Baron Zemo type thing going on. I don't know how caught up you are with comics right now for Marvel. Yeah. Anyway, I, I... tried to read that and i was just like nope i can't read this this is too too well too wordy for me
0: here's uh, here's my problem with that explain i want someone to explain to me whether they 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 post it in the notes they send us an email whatever how that makes any damn sense because i can't think of a way that would make sense that the punisher would you know the way he's been written for the last 30 years that it would make sense that he would go I'm going to team up with Baron Zemo
1: yeah I missed that whole story arc so I don't know I just saw recently uh, maybe it was like a year ago Punisher number one I was like okay perfect jumping on point and apparently it was not because it was a continuation off of a major story arc and I was just like Pff. 10 issues and I'm just yeah. like yeah this is not my Punisher no offense to those out there that really like it, but it just wasn't for me. But yeah. Yeah. Back to the Marvel file. Yeah. But the Marvel had an uptick in vigilante justice, and they had uh, things like The Punisher going on. They had uh, Hawkeye They had Black Widow. They had Code Blue, which was a big series. Uh, they had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of in and out of comics. I don't know if Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had its own comic in the 90s that I remember. Night
0: Thrasher from New Warriors. Yep. Um, daredevil any of the characters who were uh, nomad uh, falcon uh, jack flag the uh, you know americop uh, all of these captain america uh, characters that you look at now and go really they did that americop huh so you know, and there's nothing wrong with any of those characters. Uh, if you want street level vigilante justice, this is the article really for you. And this is actually, you know, I actually use this when I'm creating just normal characters, like a Batman type character or a Nightwing type character, to use uh, to po- sort of point towards DC for a second. But I mean, if you want a, a character who is more that level of justice or they're running around doing street level stuff this is a perfect article for that yeah because it actually works better than like using just a high-tech wonder or uh was it chart number two for normal humans with max of excellent i mean if you you know if you want more of a well moon knight i guess moon knight would be a good example of this if you want a moon knight type character who has some gadgets and doesn't really have too much in the way of powers or maybe he has a couple minor powers you know this would work perfect for that. It's all just more of a technologically based character more of a, a Batman or a Night Thrasher or a Hawkeye type character than say an Iron Man type character or War Machine I'd
1: like to consider it more of a high gadget type person than a technology person. I know that's kind of the same thing but Looking at how this is written, it I I see it more of a gadget person, a person that just uses yeah, gadgets. Yeah, And Exactly. They, they list in this article a couple things. We'll go over this right now. Your Vigilante Hero is defined by the following guidelines. Your hero primary abilities to phase rip are within maximum human limits. See pages 5 to 6 of the advanced set. Uh, judge's book for human limits. Your character carries a weapon. Uh, weaponry or technology that is available to the general public, unless the hero belongs to Code Blue or S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't recall Code Blue having major technology. I would say S.H.I.E.L.D., yes, but Code Blue?
0: Mm, Not that I remember, but it's been a while since I looked at the Marvel Universe stuff for them.
1: If your hero has gizmos, whether a S.H.I.E.L.D., gun, or a webline of her own devising, grants her abilities of less than amazing rank.
0: Hmm. In other words, it's limited to Amazing Rank.
1: Yeah. Uh, these guidelines are not concrete, Concrete, excuse me, but they serve as distinguished street-level heroes from other gadget-laden humans like those in The Avengers. While it's true that Captain America, Hawkeye, and Black Widow don't have powers, uh, their equipment is far beyond the available level of technology for most street heroes. That's because they, you know, Avengers. They got That's that it. Tony Stark gold going on there. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's it, that's it. You know, they they go do a job and then, you know, he gives them a coin, just like Ned said in Homecoming. Mm. Uh,
1: they add a new origin called Normal Human to the list of origins table that you can roll on, so now we have Altered Human, Mutant, High Technology, Normal Human, Robot, and Alien. Now, I believe Normal Human was added into the Ultimate Powers book, right? Um,
0: I think... I think so. Yeah. I may be wrong in that this actually came out uh well after the Ultimate Powers book. So Oh that's right. This added, is
1: ninety three, correct. Yeah.
0: If it if it's been added, I'll tell you where you could find it, uh, most likely, and that's assuming that he knew about it. Steve Minnick did um the character creation book. Uh I think oh, it's yeah. one M A C five? Yeah. I'm probably getting the numbering wrong, um, but it was a basically a a condensed version of the ultimate powers and some of the realms of magic and took all of the new uh, stuff from the ultimate addendums. But I don't know if it actually did this one as well. I can't right off the top of my head remember. So it's just one of those things where if this doesn't pop up in there, definitely check out. Um, Dragon Magazine, was it 197?
1: 197, yeah.
0: Yeah, because it, it, it is an absolutely fantastic article and it it works wonders for that particular subset of characters. Yep. You know, if you want a a Night Thrasher or uh, a Nighthawk character or a Daredevil or whoever, you have it. You have the option for it and it works out really, really well.
1: All right, so continue along. This is mostly used for the type of like you said, fighting heroes devoted to fighting crime and injustice. Though this type of hero was mostly prevalent during the comics of the Golden Age, there has been a resurgence of non-powered costume heroes in the '90s, and it goes on to say any powers they might have gained through are through equipment only. So. Mm-hmm. So they list some examples like Punisher, uh, Silver Sable, Union Jack, blah, 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 normal humans. So there are things that normal humans get. Normal humans add one rank to any of the three primary abilities or three ranks to any one ability or two ranks to one and one rank to basically any combination thereof of those, provided their abilities do not exceed the maximum human levels or limits, excuse me. And then Mm -hmm. then we have a column on the right here. Let me just scroll up a bit. There we go, it's on screen. Column number six, which is the normal human ranks table that you now roll under for your abilities. That's it. And it actually lists on the right-hand side the maximum strength level, the maximum levels for certain things such as strength, endurance, ability, fighting, reason, and intuition. Notice it's missing anything else.
0: Well, that's because normal humans technically could have higher than amazing and you know that that's one of those things where they it, they have statted out certain characters, like for instance, if you go and look at um weird uh, what's it uh, all this in World War Two the module the Kang module yep Hitler's in it Hitler has a psyche of like monstrous
1: wow
0: okay that fits uh, in I think well. Einstein is in either that one or one of the later books with an amazing uh, reason so I mean you could conceivably a normal person could be that smart or that willful um, I think is what they were trying to get at so that's why they didn't put a limit on reason and psyche but as to intuition and endurance uh, agility, fighting, strength all of that has been clearly defined as basically Captain America level Yeah, you know because Captain America falls right at that he's superhuman for a human but not superhuman for like you know Spider-Man
1: so rolling on the chart, you can only get Incredible as your highest rank just rolling. So that's where they give the ability to add two to three ranks on various abilities. And obviously, you have to look at the maximum human level so you don't go over it. So like you said, they list Monstrous and Amazing on here, which you can't roll, but you can obviously get to those levels if you had gotten, say, Remarkable for your psyche and added all three levels to get Monstrous, get that 63 mm-hmm. and Monstrous. So we have that. Okay, also, which another thing that these things kind of really at first threw me off and annoyed me about it, but then just common sense takes into play here. Normal humans gain three additional talents. These do not count towards the maximum rolled on the secondary tables below. So now we have a secondaries table that you roll once for the powers, which actually aren't powers. Once for the talents, which are normally done as talents, and then once for the contacts. But the thing that annoyed me about this was, okay, so you get... Uh, where did I say? Uh, three additional talents. Now, mm-hmm. these are free, not counting against the maximum. So say I roll a 10, okay? Going to mm-hmm. this chart under talents, three slash six. So I start with three. But I already have three, so I have six. So technically my maximum would be nine in this case, mm-hmm. which I don't know why they wrote it this way. It just, it's just so dumb the way you know, they wrote it.
0: It probably would have been better phrased uh, maximum there. These don't go towards your maximum, but rather our bonus talents. And I see what you, I see exactly what you're saying. Um, you know, and that's one of those things where I've always had a problem with the, the talents. For the game, uh, because the talents try to limit you, you know. Obviously, you don't want someone overpowered. You you know, you don't want a character coming in. He's got 15 talents. He can do everything. Okay, that, that's difficult to deal with in any game when you have someone playing that sort of character. Yeah. Or even have that sort of character in a game. So, you know, the idea of somebody having a lot of talents to begin with is something you gotta sort of be careful of. But my thing my issue was always, you know, five talents, six talents? Okay, Captain America probably has more than that. Do the martial art talents all count as one talent each, or do they all count as one talent under martial arts? You know, the game also says that marksman doesn't add to weapon specialist, but Hawkeye gets that bonus. Now I understand it's Hawkeye. But if it's if it doesn't apply to regular PCs, why should it apply to the characters from the book? You see what I'm saying? I mean, Mm -hmm. you know so I always try to treat the characters in my game, and I'm sure you do the same, as the hero they're they're your heroes. They are. Even if they talk about Captain America, Captain America's somewhere over there. You know, he's far off screen. He's not they're not dealing with him. So let them be the heroes of your, of your group. If you want to handle it so that they can start off with 12 talents, do it. If you can handle that, more power to you. If you can't, stay clearly defined within those rules and you'll be okay. But I see, like I said, I see exactly what you're talking about. And I can remember reading that at first and thinking, well, how does that apply to this? Because, you know, that came out, I was probably 21 and I thought it was the greatest article ever. And I, I remember cutting it out of my Dragon magazine. The Dragon magazine's long gone. I have it somewhere in a like a perforated sleeve folder in a you know tucked into the back of a of a uh, Ultimate Powers book that long since fell apart.
1: <laughs> nice. I also noticed that the talent chart seems to kind of go backwards. Because if you normally when you roll on these things, when the higher number you get, the more you get. But this one's kind of randomly placed. Like 1 to 10, you get 3 slash 6. 11 to 35, you get 4 slash 6. And then 36 to 65, you get 3 slash 5. Yeah. And then it goes the next one, 4 slash 5. And then it goes down to 2 slash 4. And then 3 slash 4. I'm like, wait, shouldn't we be getting more as we get higher? I mean, I, I didn't quite get that too. And... I was just like it, I couldn't it took me a while to wrap my head around it and just be like alright so we get three bonus ones I just put three little dots in and then I went roll okay now I get three more of six but I'll actually have six right now but I still have three more slots and I wanted to bang my head against the wall cuz I didn't like the way it was written I'm sorry Steven but it did not like the way it was written <sighs>
0: And it's like I said, I can remember reading it and thinking that's a little weird, but, uh, you know, I just adapted it to my own needs and went from there.
1: I also like to give talents on based on if a character comes up with a character, they can't do that. A player comes up with a good character background. I like to give talents based upon that. Like, for example, I have a a player in my group uh, when we play that likes to play, you know, cops or, or military people and he will pick a background based on that and describe his character. And a lot of times, I will give him certain things for free, like guns. He would definitely know how to do that. He shouldn't have to Mm -hmm. waste a slot on that because that's something he's probably been doing all of his life if he wanted to go into the military. I'm sure he probably grew up around guns, fighting, things like that, so I will try to do things to give him those things. Yeah. Anyway, you can go listen to those things at com.
0: (laughs) Go on. I was just going to say, I I do similar... uh... The other thing that you know, there was one one of the things that they ad, they did, and I really sort of liked in um, not the advanced set, but the the expanded basic set that they did, which yeah. came after the advanced set. Revised, you mean? Was that they did a, they did a multilingual skill that actually made sense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you had like uh, I don't know, like D six languages that you knew and were fluent in. Or you would have, like, you could roll a d6, and that's how many additional languages you knew. And I, I, I thought, man, that's genius. Uh, you know, because they never get into, like, the level of whether you have fluency in it or whatnot. I just write it as, you know, if your character is from uh, Latvaria, you, you know, you could speak Latvian. Uh, if you want to be multilingual, and be able to speak english okay he's multilingual and can speak english as well uh you know there's unless you're wanting to role play that you know oh pardon me i do not know what i am saying you know, that uh you know unless you're wanting to imitate uh paulina poroskova from her alibi with tom Selleck, you know i think you're you'll be okay
1: Okay, normal humans also gain one additional contact. Again, this does not count against the maximum number of initial contacts rolled on the secondary abilities table. Again, we have two slash four, two slash five, three slash four, three slash five. (laughs) Again, this goes all over the place. Four slash four, four slash five. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what they were thinking with some of these tables, but I'm sure there was a reason. I'm sure it has to do with the rolling curve of the of the D one hundred percentile dice and maybe they wanted it a certain way. I don't know. It'd be great. Yeah, maybe Steven will chime in and yell at me and, you know, tell me what's up. But yeah, uh, normal humans also have no any powers. Any power rolled must be incorporated into their equipment and have a maximum rank of incredible for whatever power effect they have. So you do have a power rolling chart and you can get anywhere between um, no powers to start for the first one to 35, or you can have one power to three powers to start with a maximum of three powers only. So this is where you and the GM have to sit down and figure things out if you get three slash three and be like, heck yeah, I got three powers. And then you got to sit there and go, crap. Now, what are these three powers? This is where you can randomly roll them or you can pick if the GM lets you pick. And then you have to figure out if is it like a gun Is it, like, wrist blasters? Is it, like, something around your neck? You know, things like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's, like I said, I, you know, this is, when I did the Golden Age source book, this is why I put this rule set in there. Because I thought this was perfect for that time period. And uh, it's one of those things where you sit down and when you have those sort of characters, you know, whether it's that, that street level vigilante, char- those characters from uh, the 40s, um, half dozen of which are guys with a mask, with a pistol, shooting people, you know, obviously those guys have no powers, but you have the occasional character who, uh, you know, because he, he breathed uh, ass number ZX35, he can now leap a quarter of a mile, you know, or whatever strange power it is. So, this is perfect for that sort of stuff. And it's, you know, it, it takes a little bit of imagination. The GM and the player have to sit down and sort of come to an agreement on some stuff. Because obviously you don't want to go too crazy with it. But, I mean, you know, it could be as simple as body armor or some sort of defensive mechanism. Maybe he's got a rocket pack that allows him to fly in a strange helmet that makes him look like a hood ornament. You know. You know. You know. Uh, whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. Because it, it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about fun. Okay.
1: They do go over some examples here in the power generation area talking about the emotion control gun used against Carnage and crew and in Spider-Man. Mm. Interesting. I don't remember that. And the Black Knight uh, side screen armor that protected versus mental and psionic attacks.
0: Ooh.
1: I know one of my players in my group that probably wanted to getting his little paws on that to protect against the psionic attacks and mental attacks of other players in our group at in Marvel's X universe. And if he's listening, which he may or may not, but I know one of the other players is because he's in the chat listening and uh, he probably will mention it, may not mention it, but it might be something for him to look into when we get back to playing those villains yet again. So,
0: there you
1: go. Power ranks are rolled on the random ranks table above, so you're using the same rank table as if when you used your, you did your phase rip. Talent generation is done normally the same way, except the only difference is instead of having good eight, you'd have good ten. You'd have the actual rank number itself, as opposed, well, the what is it the what did they call that the medium
0: number me- or median number? Yeah. Yeah. And let me ask you this. When you're creating characters for your games, do you use the media number or the actual rank number?
1: When we first started the game, I was using basic revised rules or revised bacon, okay. the, the blue book, the original blue book. Order. Gotcha. So we were basically using the meaning number. But we have, when we're coming back into the game, and you'll be hearing those episodes soon, we will be using the advanced set. So I use the lowest rank number as per the rules in the advanced revised, whatever the heck the last one was with the new TSR logo. Gotcha. What did you do?
0: Uh, Always use the rank number.
1: Oh, really? Even in the advanced set? Yeah.
0: I figured if the characters were the heroes of our adventures, uh, and I know the intention is so that you can build the characters towards something. uh, Yeah. Karma use is so... uh, Trying to save karma to advance anything in the game is a nightmare and i i never wanted to force people to have to you know oh well it's a poor of three you've got to spend 40 points to get it to a poor four and then you know i don't mind the cresting and stuff like that And i still think that's a tad overdrawn but i didn't want to do the you know you a good of eight and then you have to build it to a good of nine and a good of ten and you just spent 150 karma points to get two points of health. You know, so to me it was just, just give them the right number. Just give them the right number because it's, in the end, unless it's like an unearthly or something like that, which you shouldn't have to begin with, you know, what is what is 15 or 20 more health points? Well. You know, it's not going to kill anything. It's So that was always my thought.
1: I have no problem with it. I, I like it because my my group is very very heavily into. Only way I could describe it is the D and D mentality of leveling up, and it's not a bad mentality to have. It's just some people no. have the I will. What's my progression? And they only see progression is leveling up, and <laughs> I can't tell you how many times that I kind of went. This is Marvel. There's like there's no leveling up. <laughs> Yeah, heroes in the comics stayed with their power and power levels for years and years. Yes, different writers added different things to characters, but those were, writers were years apart. So that's it. I think the cresting numbers, or as Stephen Watson is pointing out in our chat, starting numbers versus standard rank numbers. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah, <laughs> he he's always there to help us out. Good job. Uh, well, you know, he
0: just had to come on the on the podcast sometime, like we invited him.
1: No, he's more than welcome to join us. Uh, and if he wants, to, he doesn't have a video camera, he can sit here as a little icon representing his face. We have no problem with that's that. Uh, yeah, if anyone who in the community wants to come on the podcast, that's interested in talking and has some good quality microphones and does not have video and or has video, is more than welcome to join us for a guest spot. At any point, reach out to myself or Keith and we'll we'll think about it with a $50 donation. You definitely can get on here. Uh,
0: <laughs> or, you know, Buffalo Mac and Cheese, uh, you know, microwave meal, or Hot Pockets, or Mountain Dew.
1: No. Definitely not for me. <laughs> you can do that for Keith, which Keith will donate $50 to me. Kidding. Uh, yeah, Stephen is also saying he... he Pretty much equates it the same way I do. Cresting is with leveling up, and that's why I kind of like the cresting ability. It gives the characters a sense of accomplishment and moving upwards and onwards, as opposed to, well, I got to save all this karma to get from here to here, and that's going to take a long time with the rules. So, because karma is not easily just like candy given out like experience in other games. So,
0: no. And if you really, if you're doing it right. Um, it's divided by however many people in the group, not on an individual basis. So like, you know, if you defeat an unearthly foe, and it's a hundred, you get a hundred karma for that. If there's six people in the group, it's divided among six people. That hundred points is divided among six people, not a hundred points for each of them. And yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I just got to a point where I was like, yeah, you know, um, And I would always, unless they just did something glaring nonsense that I'm looking at them going, are you out of your mind? (laughs) Uh, You know, good role playing, uh, meeting commitments, that sort of thing. I would always throw stuff like that in there. So you would automatically get like 45 karma just for that sort of stuff. And then you would get, you know, the rest of the stuff got divided up amongst everybody. So that there would at least be, you, you know, you might get 75, 80 karma. You might not. You, you know, just depends on what it is and where we are.
1: Yeah. Definitely. I, I, I like to give out karma in the game, like, to everybody individually. So if I will just say, yeah, you guys each get 200 karma after, like, a couple sessions or something. Not every session because I, I, it's a little too much. I know people want to get that experience and level up, but you can't always do that, so yeah but yeah that's uh, pretty much the article 197 dragon pick it up and read it it's only a quick two and a half pages if you take out some of the it's, charts
0: it's the greatest two and a half pages that you'll ever see the, yeah Even there's if you're out there come come on the podcast we'll get you on here
1: why okay <laughs> They give, go over some also some villains and some sample campaigns, but I'll let you you'll ruin you ruin that yourself. Sorry, read that yourself. Then we get some role playing reviews and and uh, uh, we get some uh, actually a game that I had found most recently. Uh, Cores, the World Book 1992 by Greg Porter. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's like a it was the black book kind of like the Traveller books, and it said Cores mm. on it. It was a military type conspiracy type game from the early.
0: Uh, no, late 90s
1: no early 90s no you never seen it okay look that up sometime it's fun anyway so that's that article go ahead and download that and hopefully you will get some use out of that for your campaign if you ever want to do street level games or things like that and um uh, Though I would say this is probably... You now, say you want to play like a Batman. It's like you were talking about Batman before or Green Arrow or something. Mm-hmm. I want to say that Batman Green Arrow would be a lot higher than a lot of these things here for maximum rank, especially if you look at the DC Universe game itself and compare it, which some people have and I have, and they have a chart that goes back and forth between the two, and people like Batman do not add up to just human level. They're like well beyond because of
0: Oh yeah. Reasons. I, mean, you know, <laughs> I, I did a version of Batman in the Golden Age book that was based on Batman, Captain America, John Byrne, one shot. And I had people who took me to task for that uh, amongst other stats that I've done for the character. And I said, you know, pre- how it's presented in the book, this matches up. Because they they immediately realize that they're they're on equal footing. That they could continue the fight, but there's no point in fighting. They're smart enough to figure out. Well, you're obviously not a threat. You're Batman. I'm Captain America. Vice versa. Uh, we should be working together against the Red Skull and the Joker. You know, and it's so it it it's all in how you want to present it. I mean, if you want uh, the Grant to use a an example here, if you want the Grant Morrison Batman, obviously your Batman has higher than amazing. Yeah. Or amazing type reason. Uh, if you're doing more the uh, Marshall Rogers, Denny O'Neill Batman, uh, he might have ultimate skill detective, you know, with an unearthly rank slapped on it. Uh, it just depends on what you want to do. And how in it. If you want him to be gadget laden, from the 1960s TV show. There's a version for that too. You could do a version of that. So it just depends on what you want to do and how you want to do it. But Batman definitely probably is, I would say, eh, he, he's like Captain America, borders on the superhuman for a human.
1: Yeah, he's been, he'd been enhanced by the writers, we would call it that yeah, pretty much.
0: exactly. And I mean, just in the same way that Green Arrow and Hawkeye are, I mean... Hawkeye in the the movies and the comic books I love the character, don't get me wrong Uh, I've been a fan of Hawkeye probably since the miniseries, I've always liked archery characters so I've been a fan of Green Arrow and Hawkeye for quite some time Uh, but the idea of being able to fight crime with just a bow uh, is you know uh, you know (laughs) why don't you just shoot him, why don't you just get a pistol and shoot him there's more ammo and you can throw, you know there, there's a certain finesse to it, you know, and it it looks cool. I have a friend who complains about the boxing glove arrow all the time, <laughs> and I said, you know, you have to realize first it's a comic book convention, all right? You know, it's 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 a staple of the comic books that they have these gadgets. I said, and the fact that you have boxing glove arrows, I said, that's just something that they did in a DC comic book, and then they did it on the Arrow show. They actually did an, uh, an episode where he used it. Yeah. And I thought it was hysterical. I mean, I, I sent the gift to uh, the same friend. I said, "Look, look what they did! It, it's functional." And he's like, "Shut up! No one's talking." So it was funny, it, you know. But it's it's all in how you want to present that stuff. You can either make it super realistic, or you can play fast and loose with it.
1: I definitely <laughs> that trick arrow, yeah. He, all the trick arrows they used in those early, like, I think it was late 80s, early 90s, somewhere around there, before they became became all broody and serious, I guess, during the Kevin Smith run, which actually really was not bad uh, when Kevin Smith wrote that whole arc for Green Arrow for, I think, two years, I think it was? I don't know.
0: Actually, um, that happened prior to that. It was Longbow by Mike Greel.
1: Oh, was it? Okay, That's- yeah.
0: Yeah, that, that's where all that started from. That's where he, you know, they didn't want to use Star City and they, they just put him in Seattle. <laughs> Seattle, and, yeah, that's right, yeah. I keep
1: forgetting that. You know, and I'm that. like,
0: really? Come on. You know, he it's I know you want to, you know, it, it's like when people try to do realistic superheroes. It's like, come on, it, it's a guy in a costume. The first time you get shot and have to go to a hospital, they're taking a mask off. They're not gonna let you wear that at oh, hospital. They
1: go to back alleyway doctors. They never go to a hospital. That's right. That's
0: right. Get hepatitis from, you know, unclean tools and all sorts of horrible stuff. <laughs> the
1: Yeah. Uh that but anyway, I, I can't I, I tried to pick up Green Hour recently when they redid the rebirth whatever the heck they're doing now. Went from new fifty two to the new new fifty two to the rebirth back to I don't know what they're doing now. the The DC yeah. Universe, I guess it's called. Uh, I tried a couple issues of Green Arrow, and he was too. They they really heavily laid on the whole. I'm a social justice warrior. And it's like, nah, I'll pass on that. Thanks. <laughs> no, not for yeah.
0: Me. We saw that before. It was called the '60s. Yeah, Denny O'Neill did it, and you know, Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams did it back in Green Arrow and oh. Green uh, Green Lantern. And if you, you know, if you got him talking about fighting fat cats and everything else, it's like, you know, that's, that worked in the 60s, but you possibly be a fat cat nowadays and people are going to look at you and go, what the hell's that? It's a fat cat, you know?
1: Wasn't quite get, like that,
0: but yeah.
1: just just imagine the, what the people call themselves social justice warriors on Twitter and Facebook now. That's basically what he was mimicking. I'm like, I was like, ah. Yeah, I get too much of this from real life. Down on the table yeah. it went. <laughs> I'll pass on that comic book. Maybe some other people will enjoy it, but not me. Anyway, that's it. I meant to ask you back on to the um, normal humans talent-wise. When you do talents, do you do the standard how it is in the book, and if it says they get a column shift, they get; otherwise, they get like an ability rank number to it. Because I stick to the column shift. I've taken and adapted. I don't know if you ever heard the game 13th Age at all. I haven't. A, uh, it was a game that came out during the D20 uh, boom of Wizards of the Coast, uh, third edition D&D. Uh, uh-huh. And they have the thing called um, backgrounds, which kind of fit under the same thing as talents. Okay. And what you do is you and the player will sit down, and when you come up with the background, and you can have as many as backgrounds or talents as you and the GM decide and then you have a certain amount of points that you add to these backgrounds which in that game you'd add to the dice rolls but in this it would apply column shift. so for example if the uh, GM is like okay so we'll sit down we make up your character and you come up with three different talents right off the bat and I would look them over and depending on the background of your character and the talents you pick, I would assign a column shift of plus one to three maximum to these talents. And that's okay. how I would use them in my games. I, I kind of like mm. that, that way of doing it. it. It puts more emphasis on those talents, especially if you're using like normal humans. So if, yeah. uh, if we have a talent that is for wrestling, for example, and obviously it has its Bonuses listed in the book, but there's other situations where it applies too. and maybe if you have a character that Let's say you made up a character. That was his whole life. He was a WWE wrestler. Obviously. He's going to I know it's not real wrestling. Shut up, but (laughs) He's going to know stop looking at me He he's gonna know how to do certain moves that are realistic and dangerous and know how to escape make holds things like that and actually apply it. So maybe he should get more of a bonus than just the plus one in certain situations. So
0: I could see that. And I mean, I, I did something similar in the original, uh, game. There was a talent called scholar and basically scholar was scholar allowed you to, uh, get an additional bonus towards a particular talent. And I adapted that to my game. And in the, uh, golden age source book and basically said that you could have a scholar of talent. So you would have like, let's say for instance, scholar of genetics. Yeah. So you, you know, you would have plus two column shifts. The most you could have is, is a plus two. Um, that's sort of, I did that version of it. My talents are a little more expansive than just your standard. Like if you do military, depending on the branch of military you're in, you might have other little bonuses. Like, oh, yeah. you, if you, for instance, if you were special forces, you might know how to make improvised explosives, uh, jungle training, that sort of stuff.
1: Navy SEAL, yeah, you know. yeah,
0: and that would be within the write-up of military and the talent. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, I've just used, you know, standard stuff. I, I tend to make sort of make fun of the, uh, the mystic origin. Talent, because Mystic Origin to me is not really a talent so much as it, you know, it's, uh, it's an origin. It's what it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so you know, it'll be, it'll say something like, you know, so and so is an Enchanter in Dark Arts. Therefore, the very definition of a Mystic Origin. You know. So you know, people will go talent. Like, well, you know, according to the game, it is. It's like heir of fortune.
1: And according to the game, that's talent. Uh, yes, I 100% agree with you. <laughs> I think the magic. Well, we talked about magic on an earlier podcast, and I, I personally oh, yeah. think the magic system in these type of games is kind of wonky and broken, to be honest. Yeah. And uh, even in the the DC role playing game, uh, the magic system in that always. I look at it and I'm just like eh, magic characters just don't work in these type of games. And it's hard. I understand it's really hard to convey a good magical system. That doesn't just look like, Hey, it's a power because DC's one is, well, let's link this to this. So basically it's a power, but it's a mystical origin power. Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> so
0: the, I have two characters that I came up with. We talked about this a little bit in the, uh, last week in the um, Secret Origin stuff. Um, at some point in the next year or so, I'm going to run uh, a game, and it's going to be take place in the aftermath of the heroes not getting back from Secret Wars, but I have two characters that I basically... They're old Marvel characters that I adapted from uh, a couple different sources and basically used spells from Dungeons & Dragons.
1: Oh, that's nice. All of, their,
0: all of their spells are like, you know, Eldritch, Bo- Eldritch Bolt or Eldritch Dart, and it's Magic Missile. I actually call it Magic Missile. You have like, you know, the, the first circle of powers, the second circle of powers, you know, different levels of spells, like webcasting for web, and, you know. And I, I went through and did that and talk about how the characters are, you know, experts at Dungeons and Dragons and have adapted it their magic system in order to be able to use it. They have to study their spells once a day in order to be able to use them.
1: So they had spell slots, or they would just they have they would have an unlimited list, or based on oh, ranks? Had, you or... know,
0: I gave them I think probably like some. Then none of you got to realize none of the powers are more than like good or excellent. So you're not talking like you know, the ability to bend reality to your will. You're talking about you know I can cast a spell. I can cast a web spell that covers a ten foot by ten foot area. You know, and you get stuck at excellent strength for it. You know, uh, or Cloud Kill, you know. Uh, I think I used uh, uh, the spell Mount, which is to summon a horse. Mm-hmm. And if there is a, a series of books, it's, and let me give the, let me preface this by saying it's a very adult-oriented series of books called Creatures and Caverns. And it's about a group of players who get stuck in an AD&D type fantasy setting and when I say adult oriented, it it deals with adult themes and language and so on and so forth. And it's really sort of, it's not every cup of tea but the long and short of it is there's a magic user in the book who continually uses the mount spell as like an attack weapon. He'll cast it and like drop horses on people or uh, (laughs) use it to distract creatures so they can escape. You know, rather than actually using it to, like, summon horses to ride away on. So, it's it's insane. Uh, but that's where I got the idea to use the mount spell. It's kind of it's crazy.
1: Well, cool. All right, we're approaching, well, we're a little over the hour mark, so we try to always keep these about an hour long so people don't have too long of a listen. And uh, I know people like it around 45, the feedback I've gotten 45 minutes to an hour is, little over is good so we're gonna actually cut it off here we're going to uh thank everybody for listening go to classicfacerip.com to uh check out the episodes for the backlog you also can go to itunes uh look up classic Face Rip podcast uh we're available if you go to our website you can find a link to um grab us on android podcasts or google pocket whatever the heck it's called Uh, But you can grab the RSS feed and just use your favorite. I have plenty of people that just use their favorite uh, podcasting app that they want to use. So whatever you have out there, you could probably find us on and enjoy us and uh, try to leave us feedback on those things. Don't forget to write us at uh, askthedm at theevildm.com. Yeah, I still have to look at my email address because I'd never remember it. (laughs) It's on the screen for those who need to write it down this whole entire episode. And Stephen Watson wants to know how long before I can replay. It'll probably be up uh, on Monday as a replay. Usually it takes a little while for YouTube to transcribe a live feed anywhere from 1 to 24 hours. (laughs) And then I usually uh, publish it when I edit the actual audio. So the people who have the audio podcast can either do this or watch the video. So in case where we reference material such as this that we referenced, they can listen or go to the YouTube video and look at what we're talking about in case they're like, well, what the heck is Keith
0: talking about or Vince talking about? Go make your Norman characters now. Yes.
1: Of course, uh, I'm not going to put up the graphic that said Norman characters. That was a mistake. Shut up.
0: Are, Are they English? Is that
1: what it is? Yes, they're English characters, correct. Anyway, we're going to uh, bid you adieu and uh, we're going to launch off into space and say Excelsior.
0: Until next time.